Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. So today, um, I'm going to be speaking about advancing God's kingdom. That's really what our life is all about once we come into the body of Christ, is really advancing his kingdom. You know, many of us see, talk about the model prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you really believe that when you speak that? But that's what I'm going to be talking about. And I'm going to go back to a prophecy in Isaiah to set this up. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, uh, in the New Living Translation, we're going to put that up. And it says this. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. I want you to, I want you to hear that. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord's heavenly armies will make this happen. I want you to listen to that. Two things. His government and its peace will never end. And the second thing is the passionate commitment of the Lord's armies will make it happen, okay? So if you don't see all of the things on the screen, um, the bullet points and all of that, like it's normal, that's my fault. Um, I had a crazy week, and uh, I didn't get my information over to our uh, media team in time for it. So we're going to be a good old-fashioned preaching and teaching today, all right? So y'all might have to write a few notes. Y'all might have to crack open some Bibles or, and, and, and listen to it. But God never meant for his kingdom to be stagnant. Mm-mm. See, Jesus primarily did his work in Jerusalem. And very surrounding. It was a very small area that Jesus actually ministered in. And when he got ready to leave, he gave a commandment to the disciples to carry it further. And so God never meant for his kingdom. He said from the very beginning, the earth and the fullness of there belongs to him. He created the earth and the fullness thereof. So how many of you believe that God wants us to be stagnant? So I, I, I told Pastor George, and I tell him all the time, look, if a church, I don't want to be part of a church if it just go be inside the four walls. If we're not making a difference in the city, if we're not making a difference outside of these four walls, count me out. I'm going somewhere where we're going to make a difference. We want to advance the kingdom, and we, we were meeting with our leaders this Friday, and we uncovered something in our leadership meeting 
that our vision statement actually says that we are going to restore the identity in Christ and raise up disciples to transform this city, not this church, not this little building here, this city and beyond. Because all of y'all don't live in this city. So the fire that put is in you, you're going to carry it out of this city and transform some lives there. All right? I'm just getting started. Advancement means to move forward in a purposeful way. Make or cause to make progress. A movement forward. That's what it means to advance. Okay? It doesn't mean to have a club. There are many church clubs. All they do is the same people come every week and meet in the same place and do the same thing, but nobody's affecting the community. I drive through the city of Apopka all the time, and there's probably 90 to 100 churches in just this little area, but there's still so many people walking around unaffected. I'm getting ahead of myself. I only have a little time, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Increase. So what does it mean to increase? Because in the King James, in the New King James Version, it says, and the increase of his government. So increase becomes, is to become or make greater in size and amount, intensity and degree, an instant of growing or making greater. You got to understand, size and intensity. I li- love what Pastor George said uh, Friday night. He said, Ch- some churches swell, but we want to grow. And he said, the difference between swelling is you have a lot of people, but they have no depth. When you're growing, you may have a lot of people, but they got depth to them. Okay? And so we're talking about advancing the kingdom. And the first way that we advance the kingdom is through recruitment. Hmm? You see, there's a passage in Matthew, the parable of the wedding feast. And in the end of the parable of the wedding feast, it says that many are called, but few are chosen. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the message is out there for all of us. But some of us will ignore it. So he's calling all of us to his kingdom. You know, I heard somebody say something the other day that caught my attention. I was watching an interview with a 25-year-old that had a near-death experience. And um, the the father said, uh, before he started to talk about his experience, he says, you know, dying is not the worst thing. Said the worst thing is dying without Christ. Because there are two eternities an eternity with Christ and an eternity without Christ. You don't want the second. So the call goes out to all of us. 
And I, I, I'm, a, lot, a lot today I'm going to parallel it with an experience that I went through many years ago, okay? So many years ago, after I had graduated from high school, I was walking down the street of downtown in the city where I live, and there was a guy all dressed up in blues, and he was recruiting us into the military. He was stepped down the sidewalk. He said, you fine young man. Said, you, whoa, you look good, man. You would make a fine Marine. And he gave me all the business. He told me all the good stuff and left out all the challenging stuff. Okay? He told me how good it would be, how I would see the world and all of these other things. But he left out the difficulties and the hardships. Well, God says, I love you. Come on. Be a part of us. I'm looking for a few good men and women. He says, I'm looking for a few good men and women because narrow is the gate that leads to heaven. So he's calling us, but he's throwing it out there to all of us. He's recruiting us, but you know why few are chosen? Because just like in the wedding feast, some will ignore the invitation. See, when the wedding feast went out, he sent it out to all of these, and he invited all of these, but some of them ignored. And just because they ignore you sharing the gospel, that's not on you. You just hit the ball into their court, and that's on them. But you should share the gospel. That's the thing about it. So that's the recruitment. It's God is sharing the gospel. He is sending us out to share truth. He is sending us out with his word. He is sending us out, calling all people unto himself. But some will ignore. But just like when he was calling Samuel in the night hour, he said, heard Samuel was sleeping, and he heard this voice say, Samuel, Samuel. He got up, and first off, it was Eli. Eli said, go back to sleep, but when you hear it next time, answer to God. And so he did. That's where the choosing comes in. See, when you don't ignore it, and you say, I, I hear it, I hear it. It might be in a service like this. It might be when you're watching something, a service on TV, it might be when you're listening to something in your car. It might be when you're sharing with someone at your job. But you hear it, and it's tugging on you, and you don't ignore it. Then God says, now nah, I choose you. You see, I was chosen to come into the military. So when I got in there, he said, now, you're not ready to advance the kingdom yet because <laughs> there's some preparation that needs to take place. You just signed on with us. And, and, and can I tell you this? When I signed on, there was a big old in, invisible stamp that said property of the U.S. military. I was no longer my own. So when you say yes to the Lord, it says property of the kingdom of heaven. You're no longer your own. And so I remember, so you see, there's, there's certain things that, that you remember in, in, in your life, okay? 
And one of the ways that I, I talk to people a lot of times, and they tell me, I've been saved all my life. I say, okay, liar. Because um, none of us have been saved all of our life, okay? We were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So you weren't born out of the womb, only one. And he ain't you. <laughs> Even if your name relates to his name, it ain't you, okay? But they get the perspective that they've been born that they've been born again because they've been going to church a long time. Going to church doesn't make you born again. All right? So if that's what you call being born again, newsflash, you might not be born again. Okay? There are a few things that I remember in my life. I remember the day that I was born again. I remember when I got into the military. I remember when I got married. I remember when my children were born. You see? And I remember when I rededicated my life to the Lord. These things are stamped. And even though it's been 40, 50 years ago, these things I remember. I can tell you where I was at. I can tell you what was going on in my life. That's how you know you've been born again. Mm -hmm. it, 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 yeah, you will know. There, there, there's something that was stamped that day that says, born again. And you will know, mm -mm, I'm not the same. I'm not the same. And so when we got, when I, after I got into the military, I'm comparing it with the kingdom. After I got in the military, I remember that night. It was in the middle of the night. You know why? I don't know why they did this to us. In the middle of the night, they, we got on this bridge, and we were heading to basic training. And the guy opened the door to the bus and says, y'all can get out now. This is your last chance. And if the gators don't get you, the bounty hunters will. I'm like, what kind of choice is that? He said, because when we cross over this bridge, your mind. See? When you say yes to Jesus, God says, you're mine. You're mine. I get to tell you what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. And so when we say yes to the Lord, We've been chosen by him now. And see, now I need to equip you and train you. And so for 13 weeks, there I was in basic training, and they were refashioning me and reforming me into what I was supposed to be in order to serve into that army, in order to serve as a Marine. 13 weeks, I couldn't talk to my mama. I couldn't talk to my daddy, nor my sister or my brother. Now, they softened up a little bit, but back then, no. Uh-oh, no. Even when we got ready to write a letter, he said, submit it to me. I'll read it, and I'll let you know if it's going out. Property. Property. Your property of God. Everything you say, everything you do. 
Everything you look at, everything you read, God says, "Uh uh-huh, I'm watching you. You see, for 13 weeks, we lived together. For 13 weeks, they poured into me. For 13 weeks, they set up and put me in a position to be transformed out of civilian life into a United States Marine. Sounds familiar? Jesus took three years with 12 men. He said, I'm going to form you and I'm going to fashion you so you can carry on the work. Three years. He lived with them. He slept with them. They were with him. They were around him. They saw what he was doing. He was fashioning them. He was pouring the word into them. He was, he was preparing them to carry on the mission, to advance the kingdom of God. And we here at RCC, we do the same. You know, Friday night we were sharing this because there's something that we recognize that God says that we're all supposed to do. He said, go make disciples. And that's a process, okay? And see, there's a corporate part of being prepared, and there is a personal part to being prepared. The corporate part is that God in Romans chapter 4 says, now I have set some to be apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, for what? To equip the saints. That means to prepare y'all to do the work of the ministry. That's the corporate part. That's what we do. That's why when you saw all those announcements, it's because we want to prepare you. We want to make it available to you, the preparation process, so you can be able to carry out the work of advancing the kingdom of God. How do we do it here at RCC? We share a few things, and I'm, I'm not going to get into them real deep, but I'm going to share them with you. There's preaching and teaching Sunday morning. How many of y'all love Pastor George and his teaching? How many of you have been affected by it? How many of your lives have been changed by it? How many of you feel better prepared to carry on the work of the Lord because of it? But that's not the only thing. We have teachings. We just talked about my brother Derek there. That's going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit. This is the corporate part of it. We have to set it up and make it available for you. There are connect groups. These are groups that meet in homes. I have one. Several other people in here have one. But there are small group Bible studies that we get a chance to come together. That's the corporate part. We're setting it up for you. Are you making yourself available? Quit crying if you're not making yourself available to be prepared to advance the kingdom. You see, I have a little sympathy for people who say, I'm, I'm, I'm just downtrodden and I'm hurting and, I, and you never come to nothing that's set up to prepare you. Some point, at some point in your life, you got to put your big boy pants on. You 
Got to grow up and show up. There's inner healing. We get wounded by the world. All of us have. If you say, I haven't, you're not Superman. And even he had kryptonite. You get wounded, and you need to be healed inwardly. I had to be healed inwardly. I'm still being healed inwardly because I still go through things. And we have that. We have journey weekends. We have, we have abuse seminars. We have trauma. We have all of these things that we make available to you. But if you're not making yourself available to go, stop your whining. Because it must not be important to you. You see, some people say, I don't have time. I said, no, you don't have priority. Because we make time for what's a priority in our life. That wasn't in my notes. That was just a station identification. And we have worship. Huh? Every Sunday morning, like this morning. You know, I was like, uh-oh, y'all taking me somewhere. Y'all about to take me somewhere. I'm about to go up. I'm about to, I'm about to leave y'all. Because the worship was going on. They set a presence where you can connect with God. How many of you show up late? Huh? When you show up late, you don't get a chance to give your offering to the Lord. All you hear is to collect, but you don't get a chance to make your offering unto the Lord. Because that's the moment of time when we get a chance to offer the sacrifice of praise. Show up for worship. Show up. Show up so you can offer something to the Lord. So you can connect with him and he can connect with you. So we offer you worship. We offer you fellowship and community and encouragement. Next week, we're going to be eating together. Some of y'all don't be running out of here. Stay around. And even if you don't like what we have, like who we are. Because it's not just about the food. But it's about getting to know each other. We're an army. You know, there are some people in this church that if I'm going, if God says go into an area that's not so desirable, I'm going to say, you come, you come, and you come. Because I know they got my back. And see, when we were being developed in the military, when we were in basic training, they taught us teamwork. They taught us to have each other's back. They taught us that no one is left behind. They taught us to work together as a unit. That's what fellowship and community is all about. It's coming together, having each other's back. It ain't just for a good time. To join us together, connect us together. So when it gets tough, the tough get going. Come here. Pastor Lewis, it's the, this is what fellowship is about, to join us together. And somebody come crashing, they're going to have a hard time getting through this because we're linked together. 
That's what it's about. Getting to know one another on a deeper level than just high and by, you know. Just how are you feeling today? I'm blessed of the Lord. Y'all ask me how I'm feeling, I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. And some days I'm going to say, hmm, well, I'm here. And other days I'm going to be, I'm blessed of the Lord. That's what fellowship and community is about. It's about coming together, being together, knowing each other, joining our strengths, and bearing up one another. Getting getting involved. How many of y'all sitting on the sideline? Hmm? I'm going to talk a little bit more about involvement in, in, in a few minutes. But get involved. God gave everyone a gift. There's nobody sitting in here, whether you saved or unsaved, that God has not given you a gift. Question is, are you using it? Are you here just to receive or are you here to give as well? Involvement. See, when I was in the military, I had to get involved. I had to get involved in the exercises. I had to get involved on the rifle range, the shooting range. I had to get involved so I would learn, so I would be equipped, so I would be ready when they were calling me to, to action. I had to be prepared. And there's an involvement that you need to have. You see, when we're involved, if you go to our website, there's many different opportunities for you to get involved. There's all types of things, and I'm going to talk about this in my next point a little bit deeper. And then the last point in this, on this point, in the preparation stage, is testing. And I want to read something to you. Testing. So, you know, Jesus was baptized, right? And in Matthew chapter 4, right after he got baptized, now Jesus just came up out of water, and he held it up open, and God said, that's my boy. That's my virgin. That's my boy. In whom I am well pleased. That's my boy right there. Right after that, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. Some of y'all are talking about, why am I going through so much? Because God needs to show you where you at. See, there's not a whole lot of difference between tempting and testing. Tempting is to try to get you to do something. Testing is to show you where you at in something. So God will take the tempting of the devil and turn it into a test so you can see where you're at. As you see, in basic training, we had to follow, we had to pass certain tests. We had to pass a test on shooting the rifle. Guy don't want you don't want nobody shooting a rifle and he can't hit the he can't, can't hit the target. You don't want to be in a foxhole with that person. You don't want to be on the battlefield with him. And he's shooting all over the place? No. No. There had to be a test to see how well you could hit the target. Yep. And I was an expert. Y'all mess with me? 
you have to be tested so that you know where you're at. Some of what y'all are going through is God testing you to show you where you're at, show you what you need to work on. We had to fast pass certain fitness tests. You need to know where you're at. And so you go through some things. I heard somebody say, man, there's no testimony without a test. So you got to go through some things. So quit whining and crying, okay? I'm sorry, guys. I'm not, I'm not a very merciful person. That's not high on my gift assessment, okay? It was kind of at the bottom. The mercy gift was just barely on the board. But I will encourage you. That was pretty high. Encourage you to grow up. Encourage you to do the work. Encourage you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Y'all better go to somebody else if you want to be babied. I'm not the one. But there are some people who have that gift within our community. So when I beat you up, they'll heal you up. But you got to be tested. You see, because Jesus was led up into the wilderness to be tested. And to be, he was tempted, but God was showing us, he was giving us an example of how Jesus was going to pass the test. Because he wasn't going to give in to the temptation. And so the question becomes, when something's going wrong in your life, when something's going on with your life, are you going to fall into the temptation? Are you going to pass the test? When things are not going the way you expected them to go. When things start to go haywire at work. Are you going to give in to the temptation or are you going to pass the test? God is waiting to see if you're ready to be sent out to advance the kingdom. So God is asking us, are we ready? And I'm almost done. <laughs> Don't take me long. Ain't got a whole lot to say. If the Holy Spirit ain't saying that, I ain't got nothing to say. I'm going to shut up. Because what I got to say don't matter. And what he has to say, that's all that matters. And so what, 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 what we have to understand is that God teaches us. He is preparing us. And all of this is to help us to die to ourselves. That's really where it's at, guys. We have to die to ourselves. That's hard. I'm still, I'm still struggling on that. I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm a lot more dead. I'm closer to death than I was 40 years ago, but I ain't quite dead. There's still some fleshly stuff that rare up every now and then. Touch me in the wrong way, and, and you'll see. There's still some things that I'm still not quite dead to. 
in my life. And so God says, I'm preparing you to die. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting you ready to die to yourself so I can live in you. What did the apostles say? They say, I must decrease so that you can increase. Those are the ones that God will send into the kingdom, okay? Jesus said this in John 12, 23 through 25. But Jesus answered and said, the hour has come, the Son of Man must be glor- shall be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. See, it's in the dying to self that we become useful to advance the kingdom. He who lives, he who loves his life will lose it, but he who hates his life will, in this world, will keep it for eternity. See, we got to learn how to lose our life in him. In the book that my wife wrote called The Beautiful Art of Dying, it says this, God doesn't want our physical death, but the death of our soulish man who is buried in the ocean's depth of darkness and who is no longer able to see light where there is no breath, emotions, or fleshly response. He wants total submission. This is what total surrender looks like. When you say, my life is no longer my own, whatever he asks me to do, whenever you ask me to do, However you ask me to do it, I will do it. Now, God hasn't asked us, most of us, I, 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 probably none of us in this room, to do some of the things that he asked some of his, some of his servants to do. One of his servants walked walk around for a year with no clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because he told him. And one of them, Hosea, married a prostitute. You ever ask you to marry a prostitute? And then when she leave you and go back to her work, he tell you to go buy her back? Huh? This guy like, uh, that don't sound very holy or reverent to me. He says, but that's what I'm asking you to do. Because I'm trying to show you what Israel's doing to me. And I'm going to do it through you. You see, God may ask you to do some things. That you don't want to do. I'm pausing for the effect. But if he says do it, then do it. Just do it. So now my last point here is the corporate and the personal advancing of the kingdom. Because now that we're prepared, it's time to go to work. And there's a corporate part of advancing the kingdom. You see, when you get involved in the ministries of the church, that is the corporate expression of advancing the kingdom. 
When you are involved in the outreach department, you're involved in the evangelism department, you're involved in the guest services department, you are involved in the, in the uh, worship team, you are involved, oh, oh God, in the uh, hospitality team, you are involved in the, in the uh, inner healing team, you are involved, when you are involved in these different things, connect group leaders, when you are involved, you are helping to advance the kingdom. That's the corporate part of it. So when you come to church, find a place to be used. That's why he gave you the gift. If you're just going to sit on it, God said, I'll take that back. But he gave you a gift to use it for the advancement of his kingdom. But there's not just the corporate part. There's also the personal side. That means when you're all alone and you ain't got the rest of us at your job and people are acting a fool around you, don't you be a closet Christian. You better show up however God tells you to do it. Don't start acting like the world because we're not around. There's a personal part of your advancing the kingdom that God requires of all of us, along with the corporate part. Every day, in order to be able to do that, you must put on the armor. Ephesians chapter 6, you know, the helmet, the shield, breastplate, gird, the belt of truth. You got to put those things on. You see, when somebody is uh, when somebody's in law enforcement, every day when they get ready to go to work, they put on certain stuff. They may have to put on a flight jacket so that if that bullet comes to here, it don't penetrate. When you're in the military, you put on certain things when you get ready to go out and advance you have to have certain equipment and certain things when you come. You got to put on those spiritual things every morning. Take some time. Don't just jump out of bed, have a cup of coffee, and go off to work. Take some time and put on your weapon. Put on your armor. Take some time. Talk to the Lord. Your personal side shows up at home. is your home? Do the people in your home say, oh, you're much different at church than you are here? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's quiet. I can hear crickets. Are you the same person at home that you are here? I always tell people I only have four requests when I die. God will say, good and faithful servant. My wife will say, I have a good husband. My children will say, I have a good father. That's the three. Everything else is gravy. 
Because they see me all the time. They see me more than you see me. Are you the same person? Are you sure at home? Are you making a difference in your house? Whether you're single, whether you're married, it doesn't matter. Are you making a difference in your neighborhood? After the storm, we went out, cleaned up our yard. We looked to the right and said, she's a widow. Let's go over to that yard, clean it up. Looked across the street and said, they're elderly. They can't get around so well. Let's go over there and clean up that yard. your actions and your words come together. Are you making a difference? Are you making a difference in your neighborhood? We walk around our neighborhood and we pray over our neighborhood. Huh? I just believe what God said. He told Abraham, wherever you put your foot, the ground is yours. He told David, you have the rule and the reign of that place. And I just believe that when you move into a neighborhood, is your neighborhood different because you live there? Or do you just come into your house and, make, and not worry about making a difference? Huh? In the workplace, the workplace, the, the, Pastor George said something this morning. I was like, take my thunder. When he talked about Mark, he said when Jesus stepped on the island, the atmosphere change. When you walk into your job, does the atmosphere change? One of the greatest compliments that someone ever paid me was my, my manager. He told me one day, privately, he says, Keith, he says, since you've been on the management team, my language has changed. Not only here, but even at home. Are you making a difference? Do people look at you now and say, you changed? Or do they see the same old person? Are you changing? Are you making a difference? When I, when I came out of basic training and I came home, my sister, she looked at me, she said, Mom, he's weird. He's weird now. He's marching around the room. Look at him sitting at the table. He can't even eat normal. Because there was a change in me. Since you've been saved, is there a change in you? Is somebody saying he's weird now? Because you're different. It's your conversation different. What are the things you talk about? If I talk about you, if I talk to you for an hour. Has Christ ever come up? Has the things of God ever come up in that conversation? Or are you talking about everything else? See? I remember at work, when I was in the workplace, sometimes I'd be at my desk, and we start a conversation about something work-related. 20 minutes later, we're talking about the Lord. I didn't plan that. And I'd have to run them off. Hey, go, yo, go back to work. Y'all ain't getting paid to listen to me. Y'all getting paid to go to work. But it was making a difference. 
Are you making a difference out there? When you're in your leisure time, wherever you go. So you see, when he told the, the, the disciples, he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, and you will be my witnesses where? At home? In your neighborhood? I'm paraphrasing. In the workplace? Wherever you go. How are you making a difference? When you go to a restaurant, do they notice a difference in you? Huh? When you're in the grocery store, some people are like, I have a gift. And you pass all of these sick people in the store, and you never pray for any one of them. Even though the spirit is unctioning you. Even though you feel that tug. But you're afraid for the outcome. We can't be afraid. Got to dive in. Do what he asks you to do. You have a gift to prophesy. You're walking down the road. I, I, I know it happened to me. I probably told this story once before. When I was in the store, checking out, the Lord said, say something to her. I'm like, what, Lord? He says, open your mouth, and I'll, put it, I'll give you the words. And I was like, oh, Lord, you better give me the words, and then i open my mouth. <laughs> so since I didn't hear the words, I walked out, not saying a word. Got in my car, started home. He said, turn around. All right, for real? He said, yeah, turn around. I'm like, like, for real, for real. I'm like, is this the Lord? He said, yeah, I'm the Lord. Turn around. So I drove all the way back to the place. Now I'm really looking like a fool. Because the first time, I was checking out so I could say it right then. Now I'm standing on the other side, and people looking at me like, who are you? And she's looking at me like, what do you want? I'm like, I got to tell you something. I told her, she began to break down, she began to weep. She said, it's just what I needed to hear from the Lord. Are you making a difference? Are you advancing the kingdom? When you go places, when you stepped into a room, the atmosphere changed. Are you drawing people who want to know the truth and repelling those who are resisting? He just said, I'm not going to draw everybody. Those who really want to know the truth, they're drawn to me. They're drawn to me. They, I'm not saying that they're saved yet, but they want to know the truth. They're searching for truth, and they're drawn to me because the anointing of God is upon me. Are they drawn to you? I've been working in places before, just working. Just doing my job. This lady says, for some reason, I feel like I can talk to you because she mentioned something about her son and she was having this bad day and I began to speak to her just casually. She says, are you one of those preacher guys? I'm like, yeah. She said, I thought so. I felt such a ease in speaking to you. Are you making a difference? Huh? You step into a room. People come over to your house. People used to come in our house and would say, there's something different. 
they would pause at the door, just like I've seen people walk through these doors here, and they stop. I'm talking about contractors, and they stop. I'm going, hold up. something about this building. Can I look around? Yeah, sure. People coming to your house, do they stop because the presence of the Lord? That's what advancing the kingdom looks like. It's not some weird thing. It's living a life and being a witness. The only way you can do that, and I'm wrapping up right now, is to be a bond servant. Bond servant where somebody says, I'm not my own. I belong to you. I can never leave you because I'm bound to you. See, when, we're, when we see ourselves that way, in our servitude to the Lord, then it allows him to ask us to do the things that we have been commanded and commissioned to do to advance the kingdom. I remember a movie I watched once called End of the Spirit. Anybody ever seen that movie? It's a hard movie to watch because it starts with some missionaries that went to a place and they all got killed. This is how the movie starts. And I'm like, oh, the stars are already dead. So this movie is going to be kind of crazy. But it was what they were willing to do to advance the kingdom. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to lose your life? Or are you always trying to keep your life? That's the question today. That's where I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there. What are we doing with our lives? And I want to ask you this question today. Have you answered the call? Have you answered the call? Jesus is calling you. It's not about going to church. It's about having an encounter with the Lord that changes your life. It changes the direction of your life. It changes who you are in life. And I can tell you, if you're not experiencing that, you're not born again. You're not born again yet, Pastor. You're not born again yet. You haven't answered the call, so you have not been chosen yet. If all you're doing is going to church because it's your weekly responsibility, it's not saved. You're not saved. You're not part of the army of the Lord. You haven't as the call. You haven't been recruited. You are not part of the kingdom advancement team. So if that's you today, quit worrying about everybody else that's sitting around you. Quit thinking about everybody else that's sitting around you. I remember the day that it happened to me. I was in a church. I was girl shopping. 
guy had another idea. And after the message, I felt the tug of the Lord. And even when I tried to stop walking forward when he gave the invitation, I couldn't stop. Something was drawing me. And it wasn't me. I know now what it was. So Holy Spirit, he was drawing me because I was answering the call. He says, I'm choosing you now. So if you're sitting in this room today and there's a tugging on you like you've never felt before, if something is saying, ah, ah, if there's a wrestling going on inside of you, it's the Lord calling you because he wants to choose you. Do not ignore his calling today. Do not ignore it. Because tomorrow's not promised. It really isn't. As a matter of fact, this afternoon's not promised. So if that's you, when we give the invitation, answer the call. And if you are saved, but you've been sitting on the sidelines, Let's get involved. Let's get involved. Are you spending time with the Lord at home? Are you reading his word? Are you worshiping him? Let's get involved so we can be part of the advancement team. So you can make a difference because God is looking for a few good men and women. And he is not resting he is advancing the kingdom, and there's a whole world outside of these four walls. People whose lives are hanging in the balance. Based on what we do in our life. I feel the, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. Do you feel that tug? I feel, the, I feel the Holy Spirit real strong right now. Listen, media team, I need you to do something for me. 1 Corinthians, I want, every, I want everybody to read this. I felt this strong. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. All right, in the NLT, very quickly. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. I want, I'm going to ask you to read this very, very boldly because I heard this from the Lord. Whenever the media team gets that up there, please get up there. Once again, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, because here's the tug. Here's the tug. Ready? He talked about the military. I'm going to let you know that this is scriptural. Who in here is born again and saved, really saved? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want you to read this with me together. One, two, three. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Are you ready? You do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to yourself. In other words, you don't have the right because he bled and died and you accepted him, 
to ignore that call. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor Him with your body. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, I want you to stand up, please. Everyone, everyone in this room. Everybody say, my life is not my own. I don't get to do what I want because I'm the property of the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. I now belong to the property of heaven. Now listen to this. I'm going to make these two specific calls. I want everyone to close your eyes and then we're going to worship. And I want Pastor Keith and my leaders to start coming up here. I want Darren, all of our, our, all of our department heads, Harvest, Lewis, all of our department heads. I want you to right now just come. This is not usually how we do it, but I feel that, that come and stand before the people and face the people. Because we're all going to be a family in this. Push this forward, please. I don't want to lose this moment. Push it forward here. I want everyone to close your eyes right now because I wrote something down that I felt the Lord wants to do today while I was hearing Pastor Keith speak. Do you feel that tug? You don't have to answer me, but do you feel the tug? Before I tell you the altar, the purpose for the invitation, I want to say this. When he said, many are called, few are chosen, the Lord gave me language for that years ago. You know what the language is? All of us are called, but only the ones that said yes to the call are the ones that are chosen. So the language is, do you say yes to the call? Do you say yes to the call? Close your eyes. The first call. Remember, your life is not your own. We just read it. Your life is not your own. I don't care what's happening in your family. I don't care what's happening in your marriage. I don't care what's happening in your business, in your ministry. The Bible says your life is not your own. Now, do you mean that? Do you really mean that? So the first call is this. Stop giving excuses. Those of you who are wanting to rededicate yourself to the work of advancing the kingdom. I felt that call, that tug that you are been sitting down and now the Lord is calling you back again. That's number one. You feel that tug. Maybe you've been passive. Maybe you didn't believe in yourself. Maybe you, you're sitting on a gift. The Lord is calling you today into a much greater military, into a much greater, into a much greater armed forces. That means if you have a singing gift, he's tugging you. If you have a worship gift, he's tugging you. If you have a hospitality gift and you're sitting on it, people need it. So number one is rededicating yourself to the work of advancing the kingdom. And number two, listen to me very carefully. I felt this so strong when he was talking about testing. Those of you that need strength to pass a specific test, I heard that from the Lord, that is currently very hard for you. That's what I heard. He got baptized and immediately he went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. Some of you have heard the Holy Spirit say, you're saying, I want to pass this test. And I heard this, please hear this, I hardly ever do this, but I heard a warning of the Lord. He said, some of them are going to go back and reopen an old door because of the testing 
that is too hard for them. The Lord says, I'm warning you today. I'm warning you today. I feel the Holy Spirit here. The purpose of the testing is to see where you're at. I want to show you where you're at. But if you don't pass the test, some of you are going to be upset and hurt by the test. And you're going to go back to an open door that you closed many years ago. And the Holy Spirit said, you're going to fall into deep bondage. This is a word of the Lord today. I hardly ever do this. I want us to worship the Lord right now. If you fall into these two categories, number one, you want to advance the kingdom. You want to re-sign up to advance the kingdom. And you feel that tug. Or if you just need this strength, Lord, I need strength to pass this specific test. So I don't want to go back to opening that door. But you know what Pastor Keith didn't tell you? That after 40 days of being tested and tempted, the Bible says Jesus came out of the wilderness filled with the power of the Spirit. After the testing is the power of the Holy Spirit for ministry. He did not start his ministry until he was tempted for 40 days and tested for 40 days. So right now, if you're either wanting to re-sign up, how many want to re-sign up to advance the kingdom of the Lord? In this house, come on, sign up. If you raise your hand today, come on. You say, I want to re-sign up for the advancing of the work of the Lord. And number two, if you say, Pastor George, I need strength to pass a specific test, raise your hand. Come on. If you're in this room, if you're in this room, and you said yes in your heart to either of these two things, and you feel the tug of the Lord, I beg you, do not stay in your seats. Get out of your seats right now. Come on, get out of your seats. If you're wanting to advance the kingdom of God and you want to rededicate, or there's an area that you want to pass as a specific test, we're going to be praying for you. Come on, we're going to worship the Lord together. I'm sure that there's more than one person in, a, in this group that needs to answer this call. Come on, I want you to find someone and stand in front of them. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be prideful. Don't be prideful. God is calling you, sir. God is calling you, sir. God is calling you, ma'am. He's, he's pointing you out. Come forth. Come forth. He's knocking at your door. He's knocking at your door. He wants you to respond publicly. Come on, get out of your seat. Don't just be one that receives. Be one that humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. If you need strength for a specific test, I want you to come. There's a specific test. I want you to come. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.